Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd, and this is The Daily Download. Welcome back, Housing News listeners. Today is finally Friday. I'm sure you're excited. Today, I'll cover an announcement from Ellie Mae that has entered an agreement to be acquired by Intercontinental Exchange for $11 billion. Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey that shows mortgage rates fell to new record lows this week and an $80 million fine assessed to Capital One for its cybersecurity and risk management practices. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and let's get started with an article written by Brennan Nath that covers an announcement from Ellie May that it has entered an agreement to be acquired by Intercontinental Exchange for $11 billion. According to Nath, the move comes 15 months after Tom Bravo, a private equity investment firm, announced it would acquire Ellie May in an all-cash transaction of $3.7 billion. In a statement, Jonathan Kaur, president and CEO of Ellie May, said the company has been on a journey to automate the mortgage industry and joining ICE, which has followed a parallel journey in global exchanges will allow the company to further accelerate its vision. Notably, ICE's decision to acquire Ellie Mae follows the company's actions over the last four years to strengthen its hold in the residential mortgage industry. In 2016, ICE announced it acquired a majority equity position and MERS Corp Holdings, collectively known as MERS. Two years later, ICE purchased the remaining stake in the company for an undisclosed sum. Then in 2019, ICE announced it acquired Simplifile for $335 million, a move that ICE stated establishes ICE through its growing ICE mortgage services network as the leading provider of end-to-end electronic workflow solutions serving the evolving U.S. residential mortgage industry. In a statement, Jeffrey Spreacher, founder and chairman of Intercontinental Exchange, said Ellie Mae's planned acquisition represents a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to add an extraordinary enterprise with great leadership to its roster. And our next story comes from Kathleen Halley and covers Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey that shows mortgage rates fell to new record lows this week. According to Halley, the average U.S. mortgage rates for a 30-year fixed mortgage fell to an all-time low of 2.88% this week, down from 2.99% last week, and marking the eighth time in 2020 the weekly rate has set a record in a series that goes back almost five decades. Notably, this week, the average 15-year rate fell to 2.44%, representing the lowest average in almost 30 years of data, according to the mortgage financer. In reference to the report, Sam Qatar, Freddie Mac's chief economist, said mortgage rates hit another all-time low, giving potential buyers more purchasing power and strengthening demand. However, Qatar does warn that the problem facing buyers isn't rates, it's the dearth of homes for sale that has plagued the housing market long before coronavirus. Notably, the National Association of Realtors reported the inventory of homes on the market available during the month of June fell to a four-month supply. A year ago, the number was 4.3 months. Our last story comes from Marianne Azevedo and discusses an article written for Finledger. 
HW Media's new fintech-focused news brand designed specifically for financial services professionals in banking, insurance, and real estate. According to Azevedo, on Thursday, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency said that it has assessed an $80 million civil money penalty against Capital One NA and Capital One Bank related to the migration of significant IT operations to the cloud. Specifically, the OCC said the civil money penalty was based on the bank's failure to establish effective risk assessment processes prior to migrating significant information technology operations to the public cloud environment. It was also based on the bank's failure to correct the deficiencies in a timely manner. In a statement, the OCC said while it encourages responsible innovation in all banks it supervises, sound risk management and internal controls are critical to ensuring bank operations remain safe and sound and adequately protect their customers. Azevedo said the incident that the OCC is referring to goes back to last September, when the bank determined that an outside individual gained unauthorized access and obtained certain types of personal information about Capital One credit card customers and individuals who had applied for its credit card products. Capital One estimated that the incident impacted about 100 million people in the United States and approximately 6 million in Canada. Beyond credit card application data, the hacker obtained portions of credit card customer data, including customer status data, social security numbers, and linked bank account numbers. Notably, a look at the OCC's cease and desist order reveals the agency's comptroller found that Capital One failed to appropriately design and implement certain network security controls, adequate data loss prevention controls, and effective dispositioning of alerts. It also alleged the bank's internal audit failed to identify numerous control weaknesses and gaps in the cloud operating environment. Further, the OCC claims that the bank's board did not hold management appropriately accountable, particularly in addressing concerns regarding certain internal control gaps and weaknesses. As a consequence, Capital One will now pay an $80 million penalty to the U.S. Treasury as a part of an agreement with the OCC. Thanks for listening to the daily download today and I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And if you haven't already, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the podcast so you don't miss out on the news of the day as we continue to share the hottest topics in the industry every weekday. Lastly, we just launched the August Housing Wire magazine that features a complete redesign in all new sections. If you sign up now, you can help us give back to the NBA's Open Doors Foundation since we're donating $5 for everyone who posts a photo of them with the August magazine issue. Feel free to tag us and use the hashtag HWGivesBack2020. And yes, digital issues count too for your photo. And with that, that's a wrap on today's podcast episode. Catch everyone here again on Monday.